Hello there. This is the Crunchy Christian Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I am a master herbalist, aromatherapist, author, speaker, blogger, and veteran homeschooling mama of four. You can learn more about how I can equip you to pursue God's best naturally at my website, julienaturally.com. And now, today's show. Hey, it's Julie, and welcome to Crunchy Christian Podcast, where we talk about all things green and growing that God gave us. Today's episode is sponsored by Who is Jesus? An Advent Journey of Discovery, a new Advent devotional slash art book that Julie Naturally has released. You can check that out at the Julie Naturally shop or on Amazon. It's available on Kindle and as a print book. So if you're looking for something new for Christmas, check that out. Your teens will love it. Now today's episode is continuing our holiday plants um, series. And today we're talking about mistletoe. Now we're going to have a little fun with this one because mistletoe figures a lot in old legends and myths and things like that. Uh, We don't know a ton about actual factual uh, uses of mistletoe in ancient times. Uh, We do have some information about some of the more modern uh, uses, say in the 15, 16, 1700s, even into uh, the 1800s, but um, which is pretty consistent throughout all that time, the way that they used it. Uh, but uh, old-timey uh, ancient uses really figure mostly in legend. So mistletoe. Now, I mean, we mostly know about mistletoe is, oh, you know, if you stand under the mistletoe, you steal a kiss, you know. Uh, but uh, it it goes all the way back to some Norse and Greek legends. So uh, the in Norse mythology, now, you know, of course, we're talking about mythology, the god Balder the Beautiful, <laughs> he was so good looking that all the gods, you know, wished they could be him and uh, were jealous. He was the son of the goddess Frigg, and he was killed by an arrow made from mistletoe. Now, his mom, Frigg, apparently, so the mythology goes, she made him. Uh, made made things so that none of the plants or animals could harm him that touched the ground. So none of the plants or animals that were were on the ground could touch him. But apparently she overlooked mistletoe because it grows up in the trees. And so, of course, Loki, the trickster god, uh, he didn't like all the attention that Balder was getting. And so he thought that he would be clever and he... uh, he made an arrow out of the mistletoe and he gave it to Balder's brother who was blind and, you know, being blind, he didn't know what he was doing. 
And he told him, oh, you know, shoot over there. And he, of course, he shot Balder and Balder died. So as Frigg wept over her son, uh, her tears became the pearlescent berries that we see on mistletoe. Mistletoe does not have red berries. It has white, pearly white berries. So after all of that happened, she declared that mistletoe would be forever a symbol of peace and friendship. So she gave the mistletoe to the goddess of love and declared that everyone who passed under it should receive a kiss in token of its new symbolic meaning. So some people think that maybe that's where it came from, the whole kissing thing. In Greek legend, mistletoe also figures. And mistletoe was the supposed golden bough that we read about in the Aeneid. Uh, Aeneas, he needs a golden bough in order to go see his dead father. Uh, the, his, his father, uh, the spirit of his father, is the one who gives him the vision to found Rome. So it also figures into Roman history. So the golden bough is typically associated with European mistletoe, and there are many varieties of mistletoe, but it's it's associated with European mistletoe because it does look a little bit golden in the sun, so thus the golden bough. Um, the, it also figures into the ancient Druids mythology. Um, so the ancient Druids thought that mistletoe held some special powers and they would cut it off of their sacred oaks. Now, mistletoe hardly ever grows on an oak. That's considered very rare. So if they found it growing on the oak, then it was said to have some special powers. And they revered mistletoe as a sacred plant. Um, they felt that mistletoe would ward off evil, and it was part of their winter solstice celebrations. And they would also send messengers around with branches of mistletoe uh, to announce the new year and to, uh, it's kind of like a token of good luck kind of thing. So we don't really know where the whole tradition of kissing under the mistletoe began. Maybe it started with the whole thing with Frigg and uh, Balder, maybe. Uh, but the the traditional thought about it is that it actually started in a little village among the servants. <laughs> and it just spread from there. So, um... Mistletoe, it is an evergreen, and because it is green and growing, even in the winter, uh, it, it is associated uh, in mythology and uh, by some pagan religions to be associated with fertility and life, because it, 
it it draws life from the tree on which it grows and we're going to talk about that in just a minute but that is it it that is part of its secret is that it um it blooms even in winter so uh, you'll see this dead looking tree deciduous tree with all these little mistletoe bushes growing on its branches. But and these little bushes are all green and full of life and sp- sprouting flowers and berries in the middle of winter. So it's quite a sight to see that. Uh, you could imagine what these ancient peoples thought when they saw that, you know, this like old apple tree or pecan tree or hickory or something like that with all the, you know, with all of these green tufts growing in the middle of winter, even though all of the leaves and everything were falling off of the main tree. Now, mistletoe, the Latin name is viscum album, Mistletoe is a parasitic plant. Now, you just heard me describe how it grows in these little bushes on the branches of other trees. That's what it is. It's a parasite. So it's very unusual among plants. And it's very interesting that it's, it's an evergreen that grows on deciduous trees. So... How this happens is that they they spread their seeds through their sticky berries. Uh, that's where the term viscum in their Latin name comes from, is that when you like press the berries, the innards of the berry are very sticky. So um, this well just just a minute here, we'll we'll see how this helps the plant. So, the, be- the berries will be uh, plucked or carried, eaten by birds, and primarily, that's primarily how their seeds are spread and the, the berries. Um, and then, of course, you know, they'll take a few bites and drop it, which is very common. Uh, or maybe they take a little bite and discover that mm, these berries don't taste all that great, and they just drop it. But anyway, once it's broken open, the little seeds inside the berries uh, and the viscous, sticky berry, it will stick to the branches of the tree. So the sticky berries help them to take root uh, in the branches of, of the tree by uh, they stick and then they put out this little root. It's a little thread-like root and it finds... Um, a weakness in the bark of the tree branch, and it pierces through it. Uh, they particularly like to grow on more soft-barked trees. That's why you don't find them too much on oak trees, because oaks are a very—they're much harder wood. Um, so it brews through the bark until it reaches the sap of the tree in the inner bark and down into uh, the deeper into the tree. And then it draws all of its sustenance from the tree. 
Um, sometimes it kills the tree. If there are enough mistletoe growing on a tree, it they could d- definitely kill the tree. If there's only one or two, then it, it just uh, hinders the growth of the host tree, but they can both live together. Um, but, um, but that little root, of course, it thickens and grows and, you know, there's more little roots that may go down in there and suck more of the sap out, but it, it's an evergreen that grows on a deciduous tree. So it, it's quite a remarkable little bush, uh, type plant. It has, um, yellowish green, more on the green side than yellow, of course, uh, thick waxy lobed leaves. And it has, as I mentioned earlier, those pearly white berries. Um, Mistletoe has the white berries, holly has the red berries. Um, So the flowers that it produces are very tiny and not really worth mentioning. I mean, So the pearly white berries are produced in December. So that may contribute to why it has been associated with the winter solstice and then later with Christmas itself is because uh, just like the poinsettia of Mexico, um, the mistletoe, uh, it it doesn't bloom in other t- in the the fall or the summer like a lot of other plants. It, it it blooms in the winter. It blooms in December. So the berries are considered toxic, and some people have been poisoned by them. So be be careful with those. Um, with you know, so if you find mistletoe growing and you're handling it, just wash your hands, you know, don't be, uh, don't be eating berries. They're not good. They're not good to eat. Now, up until more recently, well, and even, even more recently, but we'll find out more about the latest research in just a few minutes. Uh, mistletoe has historically been used as a nerving it is very effective. Uh, I'm that it, historically it has been uh, very effective to quiet epileptic convulsions, and it was used for that purpose in the 17th and 18th centuries, and it was considered a specific for that condition. At that time, herbalists would also use it for delirium, nervousness, hysteria, and also urinary and heart complaints that had sort of a nervous element to them. You know, sometimes, you know, urinary and heart complaints come because the person is very high strung and nervous, not because there is an actual infection or anything like that. So it would be used for people who suffered from those complaints. They would also use it to open up circulation to areas that were damaged by nervous tension, like they're like all all tight and uh, they would use mistletoe to kind of open all that up so that the person circulation would flow better and um, 
and it would help to quiet their nervous system. But mistletoe works best in small amounts. Uh, Larger amounts, it's written, would actually make the condition worse. So it's one of those kinds of plants where a little goes a long way and taking too much of it could actually be damaging and even toxic. So in modern times, there's been a lot of research around mistletoe, especially in Europe, where a lot of German-speaking countries will use mistletoe in cancer treatment. So it's still used as a secret weapon for epilepsy and other nervous system disorders, and it has been under investigation for those uses for even more research uh, to justify that. And it's also um, under investigation for hysteria and headaches. It shows a lot of promise, and of course, that's how it's been typically used. So it's just supporting the way that it has traditionally been used and taking a look at all of the active chemical constituents. Um, it, it also shows some promise against Alzheimer's. Um, the chemical constituents, it has been found, do show anti-tumor properties. And they do show immune system regulating effects. So it's just, as I said, supporting what uh, what mistletoe has always been thought to be good for. But uh, some results have been mixed. Sometimes uh, mistletoe doesn't seem to offer any life-extending uh, benefits to those with cancer. And we need to keep in mind with that that when you isolate chemical constituents, it's not as effective as when you use it in its whole form as it has traditionally been used. Now, mistletoe has very strong action in the body, as I said. Uh, it's not safe for children. So don't let your little kids go out and uh, and pull off mistletoe and, and don't let them put it in their mouth. Uh, they will get sick and uh, the berries, as I said, are toxic. Um, and also keep in mind, American mistletoe is not the same species as European mistletoe. It looks a little different and not necessarily used in the same ways. Um, it has some of the same properties, but it's the European mistletoe that is the one that has been used more widely. So I hope you enjoyed learning about mistletoe. I have really enjoyed talking about it and digging more into the history because um, the mythology around it, it was was very interesting. Um, and, um, you know, just what's been passed down to us that way. Don't forget to check out the Advent book that I mentioned at the beginning of the show, Who is Jesus? An Advent Journey of Discovery that you can find on the Julie Naturally website in the shop. 
please connect with me on Facebook at Julie Naturally or on Instagram at successful.unschooler. I'm looking forward to talking with you again next week. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Show notes for today's broadcast can be found at crunchychristianpodcast.com. Hit the subscribe button now so you can join me next week. Until then, remember all you need is God, people, and growing things. God bless. God bless.